No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Guys, Nora and I are celebrating our wedding anniversary this Friday. Nothing crazy planned, nothing crazy planned. Just a nice night out at Marcel, a fantastic steakhouse here in Atlanta. But guys, I got a plan. I'm going to keep my eye on the Game Time app during dinner. Get a little red wine (laughs) coursing through my body. I'm feeling good. I see those last-minute ticket prices drop. Boom! Next thing you know, Nora and I are sitting in floor seats for Julio Iglesias. <laughs> the Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. I could grab those tickets while Nora is in the restroom. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to No Dunks, different show for you today. Skeets, Trey, Lee, JD, and myself, very, very happy to be joined in studio by Brooklyn Nets color commentator. She does a whole lot of other things as well, the Big East. First things, first appearances on FS1, NFL games, it goes on and on and on. Sarah Kustak, thank you so much for joining us thank I am thrilled to be here. Don't tell Ian Eagle. This is one of my greatest honors <laughs> oh of my career, getting a chance to, to be with you guys. Rocking a great shirt, too, here. The I, half man, half amazing Vince Carter. I know. I Vince gets a little embarrassed when I wear this, but I figure <laughs> since we're in Atlanta, mm-hmm. a, a net legend. Yep. Um, and a so th- thanks, thanks for a... Oh, oh. Yeah, the perfect I shirt. <laughs> I didn't even think about the, the yeah, double... I thought you did it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, now, when we when we take a picture, uh, I'm going to say it was for both reasons. Uh, perfect, perfect. Definitely want to take a picture with that shirt. Uh, it's a game day today, so thanks so much for uh, for taking some time. We're about seven hours before the game. I, I, I've read that you're an over-preparer for games. You like to prepare for games... I'm sure you've already done that for today. Would you consider yourself uh, somebody who gets very ready for games? I just, I feel like it makes me more comfortable having as much information as possible. Um, As I mentioned, Ian Eagle, I I think being his partner and understanding the way that he is, he is one of the most prepared people I have ever seen. And I don't know how he does it considering all the jobs that he has and, um, the travel that he does. But, yeah, I, I just think there's so much, as we know and you guys know, now with the NBA there's so much information at your disposal uh, with all the analytics and the advanced stats and the film and synergy and you could watch a million highlights. Uh, I, I like to feel as comfortable so then when the game hits, you don't need to look at anything, you don't need to think about mm-hmm. anything, you could just let it let it all play out. What are we taking you away from today here in Atlanta? What would you be doing if uh – if you weren't here, if with I'm us. if I'm being honest, yes. I, so well, I'm a little. You could tell I'm a little sniff. I'm a little under the weather. So this is actually a perfect thing. Um, normally, this is probably when I go to yoga. Oh, so I like right. to sweat it out a little bit. I, I like to wake up, have a nice, good long run, do a little work if there's a shoot around or, or do whatever, have some meetings, and then a nice midday, a little <laughs> hot yoga, sweat it all out and before I get ready. Right, and step away from the computer, step yes. away from the film. Yeah, that's a good idea. You got any? But you guys, shots you guys. Are uh, way, you guys are, are way more exciting than, <laughs> than, than yoga, yoga class. Oh, we could do a bar three class yeah. or something with your uh, go-to workout. Oh, do you? Yeah. I do bar three, yeah. So uh, next time you're in Atlanta, we can go to the studio and do it. It's a great workout. <laughs> is that with? The, is that like the where it's almost like you're doing ballet moves? Yes. Oh, I tried that once. <laughs> it, and I, 
It's, yo- it's yoga, Pilates, and ballet. I've always been impressed with you, but now this is off the chart. <laughs> we, he took us to a class once. Yeah. And we, how did it hard go? Work. Oh, Lee we was killing it. We were brutal. <laughs> we were dying. My legs were shaking. It's, that's, that's a workout that I won't do because I get so frustrated because I can't do anything. <laughs> it was tough. And it's, hard, and it's not big movements. No, no. no we so had it's a, not like you could try hard. I don't feel like there's a trying hard. <laughs> yeah. No, we had like a ball between our legs. Yes. And I swear we were just told to like, Squeeze it. To core ball, yeah. Yeah. You got to embrace, embrace those shakes, man. Freaking out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the only good part was they told us, if your legs are shaking, you're doing it right. I was like, then I am doing this so right right now. I'm killing it. Quivering. All-star. If that's a part of anything with you guys, I am not. I, I'm not does it Does it get tiring, um, you know, going from city to city with the team, doing the broadcast? Like You, it, I, I think... It, it's it's one of those circumstances. I feel so grateful. I mean, mm-hmm. as as you know, when you're traveling with the team and you're on a charter, the the hotels we stay at are probably nicer than my apartment is. So it's it's a great change of pace. Um, you know, it, it's one of those circumstances that you just you enjoy it and you get into routine, mm-hmm. um, and you find your routine. I think even when you're on the road, you just kind of find your routine of how it is that you go about, you know, best getting yourself ready for the games and taking care of yourself. Um, so no, I mean it's it's I, I will never complain right. about the ways Smart. in which we travel and it, how how it how it all pans out. I know you don't have to comment. You you don't you probably don't want to comment on on this, but I got to say it. It must be cool that the Clippers were pursuing you in the offseason to be their color commentator. You don't have to say a thing. I just think that's neat. <laughs> and they would have obviously been very very lucky to to have had you. Anyways, let's move to the You're team the that you, yeah, the let's move to the team that you do color commentary for, uh, the Nets. What's the biggest difference between last year where everybody seemed to be on the same page? I don't know. There's just a good spirit around the team going into this year where the the ball club, you know, it's 500 as we record right now. Uh, But what's the biggest difference year to year? I think there's been a lot of differences year to year. So I I came on with the Nets initially um, as the courtside reporter, but I've been with them through their whole iteration of, of being in Brooklyn. And every year it's felt so different. And whether it's because of the different rosters, different coaches, the the changes, changes in front office. I will say, even though this is a very different group and there are eight new guys on the roster, uh, it, there is a, there feels like a lot more similarities from last year to this year. Even with the new additions, even with Kyrie Irving coming in, even with it still, you need to kind of <laughs> check yourself when you see Kevin Durant yeah. out on the court shooting, <laughs> you know, wearing wear the Brooklyn Nets gear, um, DeAndre Jordan being a part of it. I do think, though, there's just been an acclimation process of everyone getting used to playing with one another. Um, for as much as we've talked about Kyrie Irving and his injury, him missing, um, as, as we speak here, the last nine games, he'll miss his 10th tonight in Atlanta. But even Karis LeVert getting hurt, like him going out um, – Spencer Dinwiddie has been in this situation before of um, of having an opportunity to, to really showcase his skills. He continues to get better. But I do think there's a lot of feel-good around the team. I think the chemistry is building. It's been fun to watch them off the court, how much they enjoy one another. I just think on the court, it continues to be a work in progress. And it will be once again, once Kyrie Irving gets healthy and he comes back. I, I too think uh, he was so excellent before getting injured. I do think just there's always a reacclimation when you have a player of his caliber coming back in. Aesthetically speaking, because you're, you're a former player yourself, is it different watching Kyrie the last like three minutes? Just watching that team that moved the ball all the time and now everything sort of stops in the last three minutes. There's a lot of hero ball. Are you cool? Do you like watching that? Because sometimes from this vantage point, it's like. 
more hero ball? I th- I often, though, think we see that with so many teams. Yeah. Like, I look back to even last year how, j- just for example, and there's such I- entirely different players in, in both um, – very good and, and but D'Angelo like you saw differences of that with D'Angelo Russell you see some of that we've even seen some of that with Spencer Dinwiddie That's now true. at the end of game like yeah. I think and whether it's because the team's switching or whether you're hunting a switch or just how things go I think so often you would talk to most coaches in the NBA and it's like oh, the, the ball was moving so well and then we got stagnant mm-hmm. the defenses yeah. make adjustments uh, so I do think it, in many cases that's a large part of what happens in the because what do you you want the ball in your best player's hands and to make it work and I think you know again I think that goes back to even Kenny Atkinson and Kyrie getting used to one another a little bit more so um, I, I think it's early. There's been so much scrutiny on this team. That's the one that, like, the big difference of this group. I think finally now, before it was always such a great feel-good story of them exceeding expectations or working so hard um, and how they fit together. Now coming into the season, the expectations were high. Yeah. And I think people expected a lot from this group. And I think there was a higher level of scrutiny than we had seen. And so I think because of that uh right out of the gates there was this expectation of everything's got to click everything's gonna go you know Kyrie has that monster game to open the season um and some others and I think just figuring out okay how do we win at the end again how do we execute how do we find ways to win I think that is still that still needs to come yeah they believe they're better than a 500 ball club without absolutely there right now yeah I think we can all agree with that what's Kyrie Irving like I mean, look, he's always in the news. You said the chemistry's great. Yeah. What's he like as a person? He is. Like, that's, I'm so curious of all these outside opinions that that aren't around that don't see. He's been tremendous. Like, he's been so good. This is is a thing that people will ask, because obviously we talk to the other, whether it's the broadcast teams or coaches or whoever, when we show up at games, like, okay, what's what's the deal? I'm like, I I do think there's going to take some time to figure out how do we make this horse best on the court. Like, the actual schematically, the plays. How do we integrate everyone? The ball has been moving really well with, with um, you know, the team over the course of the last nine games. So mm-hmm. h- how do we continue that when Kyrie returns? Um, the, like he's just a great guy, and he is enjoyable to be around. His teammates love him. Like he's very engaged and active, even when he's been injured at practices and with the coaching staff and talking. We yeah, I could say the same thing about Kevin Durant. Um, just the ways in which they they bring a life, they bring a spirit um, with these guys. They'll joke around. You can watch them on the bench, too, and just the camaraderie that there is. And I think, you know, for Kyrie, and you see it in, in so many instances, he's, he looks at things differently. He's thoughtful. He's mm-hmm. deep. He's mm-hmm. insightful. You know, he um, he has a different approach to just, I think, how he looks at life in yeah. the big picture. Um, however, you know, whether it's on the bus or on the plane or just being around, like, he's, he is tremendous. And, and so for that, I, um, I just really appreciate what he adds to just the whole group and organization in general. And I'm hopeful that, you know, what they continue to see on the floor and, and just the way in which there is um, that camaraderie and that like between the guys off the floor that that translates on the floor. Yeah, well, you're wearing a hat right now. You're not going to make us Photoshop your hat out like Kyrie Irving did in the off season. That, like, well, like he, like he requested. Hey, I'm but, from Chicago, so White yeah. Sox fans may require you yeah, to do yeah. that. Sarah's rocking that the actually, Yankees hat right can, now. Is that possible? Can yeah. I? Do that? Yeah, we have a Photoshop blazer. Sure. Yeah, we could do that. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I think with Kyrie, 
I don't think there were fake hugs with his old Boston Celtics teammates. <laughs> like they they seem like they still like him. It's just the outside perspective that we uh, we get these stories, and I guess we just don't like deep people. And when it comes to sports, we don't like people talking about stuff we don't understand. Stop right. stop going so yeah. high level, Kyrie. <laughs> um, I, I saw DeAndre Jordan in a Bon Appetit video cooking uh, <laughs> a few days ago, and it just reminded me reminded me that DeAndre Jordan is on the team. No, I mean he's he's been his backup role. Um, he came to the Brooklyn Nets as part of the package deal with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, oh, which is yeah. really interesting. Ha- have you seen instances of them being friends, like like the package deal that they are apparently? Uh, buddies. I, yeah, I think so. Like, I think they're he, all buddies. I, I he was don't, very likable in that video, I'll tell you that. He is super likable in person. I found him to be really likable. He's not going to turn me vegan, um, no matter how hard <laughs> right, he tries. Yeah. Well, we'll see, I guess, but at this point. Um, but no, I think so. Like, I think they're all they're all buddies. They all yeah. joke. They all hang. Um you know, they all they all have their different. I appreciate the the style and the fashion sense. I feel like it <laughs> keeps everyone keeps everyone on their toes. Uh, but no, I think that's a real thing. But the, but what I've found um, to be most interesting, or just you know, you you appreciate like DeAndre watching him, and, like him and Kyrie, yeah, and Kevin. You anticipate that they're all for, like the relationship that DeAndre and Jarrett. Allen are developing the relationship you see between DeAndre Jordan and Joe Harris those two have become really tight like how it's it's not clickish of okay yeah it's Kyrie Kevin and DeAndre it's the way in which they've had created relationships with some of these other guys and and I think that's the the hope for collectively um Mm -hmm. everyone's starting to feel those type of bonds you mentioned that on court, the ball has been moving a lot better since Kyrie's been out. Spencer Dinwiddie's been the main point guard. But they do both play pretty similar at the end of the game. They're both ISO guys trying to get to the rim or maybe stepping back for a jumper. So when Kyrie comes back, what's the answer there? Because Dinwiddie has been great. You can't have two guys that have the ball in their hand that's all the a, time. That's an excellent question, um, which I'll take you to Kenny Atkinson. And sure. You, you can ask no, but, uh, but I think w- with any team that has hopes of continuing to improve and get better, what do you want? You, you want guys that can play make mm-hmm. and create shots and then want the ball at the end of the game. And so with that being said, I think roles will change. I do think even when Kyrie comes back, he will be the guy that you look for at the end of games. What we've seen, we've seen Joe Harris take some big shots at the end of games. Karis LeVert was doing that before. Um, I, I don't think Spencer's emergence changes what they think of Kyrie Irving. I think the great asset that Spencer brings to the table is that he is willing to play any role. Mm -hmm. And so he has a tremendous amount of respect for Kyrie and he knows, Hey, if, if Kyrie comes back and I immediately go back to the bench, I'm cool with that. And I'll roll with that. And I'll still try and produce in the ways that you asked me. And I think that's, that's been fun to watch the development of Spencer didn't for as much as you can look at the numbers shots he's made, how he's, been inserted in this role just having watched him since he got here with the Nets and, and pretty much was pushed aside by the Windy City Bull. I mean, mm-hmm. he was in the G League. Mm-hmm. Um, it, watching him mature and grow and understand what it takes to thrive in this league as a professional of, of doing what the team needs to win um, has been a really beautiful thing to just see see that progression in him and so that that's why with that being said I don't think there's any bit of which you can understand this in a guy if it, another player comes back and Spencer be like hey wait what We've now I'm not, I've been helping the yeah. team do this and how um that's not his personality that's not how he operates and approaches things and, and so that's why 
I think, you know, for Kenny Atkinson, not that your job is ever easy when you when you have more guys that want the ball, but I, I do think the give and take of that will be beneficial. That, that, that's Sorry. one of his strengths, isn't it, though, Kenny Atkinson, like being a, a player's coach. Like that's what we heard these last couple of years where he would come in and get the best out of guys like Spencer and like D'Angelo Russell. But now he's got guys who are sort of, you know, those elite-level stars, and obviously Kevin's not back yet. So have you noticed any sort of change in his approach this season? I don't think Kenny could change, and I say this uh, in a positive way and with the utmost respect, Kenny is as genuine and real and sincere. Like, how he is is how he is. And he is adaptable to what he feels like a player needs. I think he does a great job just reading what a guy needs when um, he's being on tough, tough love, uh, but he is so invested in helping make players become their best that I don't think that he could ever change. Like with what he sees Kyrie needing and how he feels like they can work together to help Kyrie beat his best, the team beat his best. I I don't think Kenny overthinks anything in such a way of just being what he feels like a guy needs and so um, I, I do though think it's a different adjustment for Kenny and I, I think he's admitted that of, of figuring out how to handle different players that that have this type of cha- championship level experience and so um, I haven't noticed a difference in how he approaches it I think he too holds everyone accountable so he holds Kyrie accountable in the same way he would hold Spencer or John and Musa um, <laughs> However, just ad- adapting to whether it's, you know, play calling or whether it's figuring out end of game situation, whether it's a trust and even building trust in a player. OK, a guy tells me this is what I think we should do when this mm-hmm. is I think you should challenge the coach's challenge, you know, yeah, the, right. the small things. Um, I think that's always a work in progress anytime with your when you're with new players. Back to Dinwiddie. I saw a clip. Spencer Dinwiddie says you're a better shooter than he is and he's balling. So you should be on the Nets. You should be in the league. I got – not really, but I, I don't know if Spencer found that funny. So we were so – that's, that's not at all what he said. I, I adore Spencer. Um, he is one of my absolute favorites. And so someone had sent us from the Brooklyn Nets um, PR staff one of those pictures. And so I tweeted that and put that right. quote. And I, it was a joke. <laughs> I am not a funny person. I say this all the time. Like, my jokes always, they're misunderstood. It never plays out right. And um, so, yeah, so I thought that was funny. Right. And then people thought, which maybe you did, that I he guess I actually said, yeah, Spencer <laughs> would never. Oh, well, you play ball. Why not? I'm you can be a light I'm surprised that that's, well, I think I am. There you go. I do think I am. This contest <laughs> will happen. We'll, we'll <laughs> 39% from three-point land in your four years at DePaul. That's, oh. a, that's that's lights oh. out. That's, that's lights that's out. That's above NBA average for sure. Yeah. So you're gonna have a, gonna, you're gonna so have a battle at happen, some point. But, but Spencer doesn't give compliments out. Like I'm not sure he would say that Kevin Durant is a better shooter. So, well, <laughs> most NBA guys are wired that way too. Yeah. Right? So I mean, I mean there's a reason athletes. why they're there. Yeah. So yeah. So Spencer did not actually say that. Okay. Good. I'm glad we've so clarified we'll clear, that. Clear it all up. He'll be glad to know. <laughs> that. I'll ask for Lee as well because I know he's going to. When you do your three point contest with Spencer Dinwiddie, Lee's gonna want in too. He's you're you're to totally in. Great. You great. should. Yeah. Is he all in? Wait, who did this stuff? Yeah, that's his little. Yeah, that oh, that's his yeah. Little, yeah. yeah. Oh, with the uniform. Yeah, everything. Oh, maybe we can get you. Maybe <laughs> we can get you since. Brooklyn Nets jersey uniform. I love the where DK this is camo. going. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll try and hook camo. this all up. He's game. Lee is always for what? How many All Star weekends have you tried six. to hit twenty? We do the yeah. three point contest. So he's done it for six years now, where he's tried to get over twenty points, which is obviously a pretty good score in the three point contest. Yeah. With the money balls and everything, we do the racks and everything. 
And uh, what's your highest name? 19. I picked 19 oh, twice. Oh, 19. Yeah. Lee. Yeah. So he's solid. Shooter. I should just start <laughs> yeah. calling you Shooter. He can't hit a layup to save his life. But yeah, but you can't miss layups if you don't take them anymore. I'm, 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 no one cares about layups exactly. anymore. Exactly. They're right. boring. It's all about boring. shooting. Okay, I'm glad we did cl- clarify that, Spencer, did we? Because I saw, I saw that tweet. I was like, okay, yeah. And, and like Tess said, Actually, you're a lights-out shooter. Yeah. Maybe perpetuate that. All right. Perpetuate <laughs> that rumor. Definitely That's what roll. I heard. I'm definitely rolling with it. With the Nets, can we get your take on the uh, the aesthetics, the new look, the new jerseys? Are you a fan? Did it take you a while to come around on them? Maybe you're not. There are so many jerseys. <laughs> I mean, I'm all I'm all in on them. Yep. I appreciate them. I, I like them. I can't keep up. Yeah, there are a lot. Sometimes when they're wearing, but I like the gray. Yeah, yeah. Cool. actually, I'm curious what your thoughts are. So I, there was a lot of different opinions about the court. The court is still crazy to me. I think I like do you, it. Do you notice it as much oh. though? On the, you, do you feel like when you watch games, you really it, oh immediately. on TV, on TV, it looks different. It looks like almost like a video game court. Like it doesn't. It, it just because it's black and white, like shades of gray. It doesn't look like. I've, Basketball game. It doesn't look like it's yeah a modern day NBA so game. You're not it lo- into it. You I like, like it. it. I actually like it a lot. I think it looks really really cool because it's different. It's very unique. The it's, colors pop. The oh, jerseys man, yeah. pop on it. Whatever they're. They were wearing it. the Nets were wearing gray at home, and I think it was they was were it with the, the graffiti. Was it the green? It must have been. It must have must have been the BKNAYN ones. But they were playing the Rockets, and the Rockets were wearing white with just like a little tiny bit of red. So it was basically a black and white game with these pops of red. It looked incredible. It's a it's, it's a different look, but I'm in on it. But you're right. Yeah. People seem torn about it. Like they some people have. are like, "This is amazing. This is so unique," and other people are like, "Get rid of it." Ugh, it I love I love it. I love it. I'm yeah. into it. I also. So in person, I'm not quite sure it's as yeah right as unique or t- it's uh. unique, but it doesn't feel quite as poppy. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's very different on television. It, it looks a, a lot different. Yeah, it looks. It's I don't know who came up with it. I don't know if Jay Z is still doing stuff. But it, it seems <laughs> he's like out it, of the game, isn't he? Uh, probably. I think he's out of the game. Yeah, but he's it seems like Rock Nation. Yeah. Um, since we were just talking about shooting challenges, etc., Stefan Bondi of the New York Daily News. Oh, I'll 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 get on this one. You dust you dusted him. You dusted him. He cha- did he challenge you to a one-on-one competition? Can was I that- tell you what happened? Yeah, please. Because this 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 recurs on t- Twitter quite a bit. Oh no, that was when Kevin Garnett was on the team, and so KG, you know, likes to rile things up. Oh, oh, we're well we aware. Won't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He was a colleague of ours uh, for a time there. At, uh, at so anyway, he would uh, we would sometimes shoot around before or after shoot arounds. Um, some of the members of the media or whomever before the players got in there. And he had heard about that. And so it, they weren't in that. We were not shooting yet, but we were waiting. We did our question, the normal media availability, getting players. And so Kevin was the one who started saying that he wanted to see us play one another. Oh, and I, had, I said, no, I said, no, 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 no. We don't need to do this. And so then I think Bondi and, and Stephen Bondi is, is a dear friend of mine. And, he also likes to stir things up. So then I think he started yapping Uh-oh. a little bit. And then, long story short, the team had waited and watched this. And so we th- that was it. What was on video was just we had, like, the, the winner takes all of yeah. whoever made the first pass. So you, you shut him down defensively. He had to settle for an outside jumper. Clank. And then uh, – I you, like your description of yeah. And I then, like this better. I like that we don't have video. Yeah. And then you sized him up and just blew by him. He looked like he was 
We need footage of it. I'm no glad chance. you said blue biome. I was, uh, the, you did. I feel like my quickness is, is no longer existent. So. And the Nets players were there, and they loved it, and they ran to the tunnel like they do when you know, something there. great it was, happens. It was maybe my greatest moment <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets. We need Nets footage of it with Iron on the call for that as well. Just, I don't, that's actually a great – because we showed it on a broadcast later – and Ian was talking through, but I don't know if he actually made. That's that's the next step. I <laughs> yeah. like it. I like where your head's at, Lee. You're doing the yoga we talked about. Do you still play ball? Like, do you are you in Not a run? Not as or? much. So I used to play. So a ton of the Brooklyn Nets staff will play later after practices or in the summertime. Um, and I've started to realize as I get older. And they hire younger player of the strength and conditioning team. Yeah. So many these guys are legit. And they're fresh out of college. <laughs> and I used to be like, oh, I'm just going to get a good run in. Yeah, get a sweat on. You know, if I'm some open for an outside yeah. shot, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so I play sparingly mm. now. Yeah. I still try. I'll it's still like shoot. I'll still shoot. I, I also, I, I'm in that phase of I never, ever thought about getting injured before. You just <laughs> go and you play. And now it's, I'm like, what happens when I tear my Achilles? You're traveling around all and the time. And I can how no longer work. How, how does this balance? So I still, I, I play a decent amount, but not quite. I used to, for a while, play about once once or twice a week. And now it's it's not quite that often. I'm, I'm not saying this just because you're here, because I've tweeted it out before. We've talked about it before, I believe, on the podcast even. I think you, Eagle, and Richard Jefferson, when you've got the three of you, uh, the he best. just drags us down. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Uh, the the best, I think, uh, you know, booth uh, going in the NBA. Do you have? I was going to say, do you have any funny Richard Jefferson stories that you could share on the air? And I then the other, and then the other part is, why don't you think we have uh, more three men, three women? booths in the in the NBA there's not there's only a handful I know the the Mavericks obviously with skin Wade in the mix the the Rockets sometimes do it they'll have three on the call but and then you guys and that's sort of that's a great question because we really only do about 10 yeah games yeah Yeah. I don't know if it's to make it more special also sometimes from our perspective some of it's scheduling or just having availability Um, when your play-by-play guys are so tremendous, of which we have with Ian Eagle and Ryan Rucco, sometimes it takes away from from some of their time. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's a great question. But that's a great with, question. Working with Richard Jefferson, with he RJ? he He's is a very such funny a guy. treasure. Yeah. He's such a treasure. He just is. And for as much as he, I, I always say he's loose-lipped and he'll say crazy things. <laughs> and we cringe every time we're doing a broadcast. Our great producer Frank DeGrace will. Will always be like, just like, just don't make me have to cringe so much. <laughs> like, there's always one thing every game you say that it's like, oh, Richard, let us keep our jobs. <laughs> um, but no, but he is—he's one of the kindest people, and he works so hard. Like, he is so serious about. Um, being great at this, and in I think he already is. Uh, the insight he has, the experience he has, the personality he brings to the table, all the things that you would want in a broadcaster. But he works his right. behind Put off some work to, into it. Because some of these guys get, just sit down. No, or, or, and, and some of them are so good that you yeah. can't. I mean, yeah. some of them are so um, just already naturally engaging yeah. that you can get away with that. Uh, so that I will say, and. He is a dear friend. Um, he's just off the wall. Like he's just so off the wall. The things he thinks, the things he says, the things he sees. Well, because he was making news recently with oh, the, yeah. uh, the whole Nick's comment about well, saying that it, he would have retired. But he loves Jokingly, that. but yeah. Like to him, that's something that he so appreciates. Excuse me. 
Lee, you've made our guests sick. It's definitely Lee. <laughs> I just don't want you guys to be sick when I leave. No, it's well. We're um, one of us is look, always sick at yeah, all times. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this room we work in. We, we share germs <laughs> we, all day. We have not gone a podcast. I think we're up to like yeah, fifty plus podcasts here in this studio. We haven't gone a show without somebody coughing up a lung at least once or twice in the show. So, yeah, so welcome to the crew. keeping the streak alive. I appreciate exactly. it. Maybe it was Richard thinking about Richard. Yeah. No, the Knicks cut, but he he loves that. He enjoys that. He embraces the. He's also like a he's like a wrestling uh, sort of character yes. in a way. He's yes, like a villain he, or heel. And when it comes to the Knicks, I think he feels like he has free reign. So, did you all hear from the Knicks uh, about one second after he said that, or? Did I you have to wait till the next day to get everyone? Yeah. They did. They did. Yeah. They did saying That's that. Crazy. Saying that. Hey, we never offered Richard a job. Mm. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was there was no need to put out a press release, but they felt the need for, for some reason. It seems like they feel a little bit threatened because Kevin Durant also this summer said the Knicks aren't cool, the Nets are cool, and signed with the Nets. <laughs> Do you guys kind of relish that being the cool kids in town? I don't think I personally. I so I'm born and raised in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I don't quite get in on the mix of, to, for me, it's more of a, it was always more of a north side, south side thing. For Chicago, you take pride in that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think with the Nets, I don't know if they relish in it. Sean Marks has always said, for us, if our focus is the Knicks and being better than the Knicks, then, then we're not doing things right. Then we're not, <laughs> not, not the going bar is pretty things. low, too. The right, the right way. Uh, however, I d- but I do think there's a handful of players on the team. Um that, that enjoy that. And I think any time that players are willing to kind of ribbit other teams or talk, like that builds a rivalry. That's the fun part of sports. That's the competitive yeah. nature of it. Uh, I'm so, I love their broadcast team for our purposes. Mm-hmm. I, I adore them. And of course, Mike Brain and Walt, Rebecca Harl, all, all the rest. Uh, so, so I have no, um, I, I get nothing out <laughs> a of that. Party. Uh, however, yeah, I think it's. I, I think it'll be fun. It, there, there's nothing that I believe would be better than if both New York teams were right. great at right. the same time. I mean, that that would be, that would be a dream. That would be tremendous. I don't know when or if that will happen. <laughs> Uh, but but that would be that's when it would be the real deal. Yeah, it'd be good for business. Like we're seeing even with the Clippers and Lakers right now. it's, oh, it's, it's exciting. Everyone's like, oh wow, they're they're both good at the and same it, time. And, it, and then there's real discussion. Yeah. And then there could be real back and forth uh, about it. So that'd be that'd be a good thing. NBA broadcasting is in the news recently because of ratings. You know, I think Sports Business Journal just yeah. on Monday yeah. had the tweet out there. TNT down 23%, ESPN down 20%, some of the regional sports networks down 13%. Are you, being in the business, concerned at all about NBA ratings being down? And if you are, or even if you're not, you know, what's, what is, is there an answer to this? Or is this worth not getting... I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not someone that gets overly concerned no. about things that are that are out of my control. I feel like you think about the things you control and for what we do in our broadcast, and you try and put out the best broadcast you can. And, and after that, um, I, I don't know. But it's fascinating to me because it feels like the game is more popular than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But it's just the way it is, as you all know, the way in which social media and, and digital platform, the way in which people are consuming mm-hmm. games or consuming the league um, – has changed so dramatically. So it, it, it's it's interesting. I'm always interested to hear what Adam Silver has to say on that or his approach or how to help this or just where the focus is during the regular season as opposed to the playoffs and just how that kind of counter- counterbalances one another. But, yeah, I, it's not something that I'm actively thinking sure. about and, and concerned with. However, I think for all of us and all of us in this business and 
how much we appreciate and are grateful for what we do. It is it is something to to kind of make you wonder, given the popularity of the game, and, and not only in the states but globally. Yeah, what do you think of the proposed ideas that we've seen kicked around here? This midseason tournament, the play-in games. Are you a fan I, of it, or I, I I think there's push pull. I'm I'm not someone that's necessarily a total traditionalist that thinks you can't change things to help improve the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think at the same token, there there's always so much that goes into some of these changes. And thinking about the the effects or different impacts or the trickle down effects mm-hmm. of it, uh, the mid season tournament. I don't know. I, I feel I, I'm not real Doesn't high. Sound like high. I'm yeah. not real high. I'm not real high on that. I'm not sure what what exactly that would do. I also think it. I'm not sure it would have the punch or have the effect that that they're looking for mm-hmm. in, in helping to validate some of these these earlier games. What? Um, because you don't think the players would really care at all? Is that I, fair? I think yeah. Like I I still think the the end goal would be the the NBA title, yeah. Yeah. the championship. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. And not to say they wouldn't care, in, in, but with all of these ideas, everything always takes time. Yeah. So we say this now, and maybe the first few years it wouldn't have the same same weight, but maybe a decade from yeah. now. or what? Like you're thinking about the longevity of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think then you look at it and you're like, okay, maybe in – another 10 15 years all this this will continue to build right it'll mean something and people will and it will have the effect that we eventually want um like the playing games the the playoff format like all of those things the you know top 16 teams right there's a lot of things that i like about that like those those type of ideas i'm into However, I just think you you start to think, okay, how do we change the scheduling? How does traveling? And those I know are the the natural questions to those ideas. But those I I'm much more into. I just don't know how you get owners from the east currently if this is <laughs> where you're at from the east thinking that that's a good idea or you know right eventually you're saying get, getting rid of the conferences yeah. just taking the yeah. 16 best teams. Yeah, no, that's who they have to convince, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's clear we're we're fans of your work and. We just want to say we appreciate you uh, being fans of our work, and by that I mean the wedgie. Specifically. <laughs> I, I truly would get so I would hope so hard for wedgies <laughs> for you guys. I really I I I have been fans of your work for as as long as as you can imagine. But that the one th- the wedgies every time I was like, thank goodness I can shout out the starters. We can give them some love. The wedgie Always. was the one thing that stuck. Yeah. Well, if you get a wedgie, it just wasn't make... the only thing that stuck. Well, no, it's the only <laughs> thing we're known work. for. No, um, just yeah. remember, if you do get the wedgie, and fingers crossed, you do on the next call. Heck, even tonight, what if it happens tonight? Yeah. The Hawks yeah. gonna now. It's going to. Yeah, you just gotta remember because I know all you, all the broadcasters. Like, okay, they're not the starters anymore. Wait, now so they're what no are we, dunks. You're no dunks. No dunks. Yeah. The mm-hmm. no dunks podcast. Yeah. So just I'm remember. into no dunks. Okay, <laughs> this is per- this is perfect. Good. Good. Just well, want to get that out there. Not that was even for everyone else listening as well. <laughs> well, you've done a lot of work on not just basketball, as I mentioned. You know, NFL. Done work on in hockey games. Is there any any sport that something I don't know that you really love being on the sideline for, or just being around? I don't know. We're Canadians. We love hockey. We just there's there's something People, special. Can about I the tell ring. you something special? There was a time. So take you back. So I before I came to New York, I was working in Chicago, and, and a heavy part of what I was doing was uh, covering the Chicago Blackhawks. But also, I did game for Versus, which is now the NBC 
sports network, but I started covering hockey so much that people in, I had a Chicago accent and they were like, can you try and lose the accent? So all this stuff. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Who knows what was happening? But point being, I was asked often if I was from Canada (laughs) and I, I wanted to say yes for a long time. Um, but hockey was always, I, when I started covering hockey, I knew nothing about it. Um, the Blackhawks were just starting um, to get. I, it was the, the early years in the prime of with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and, and all the rest of that core. Um, I just I love hockey, um, and now I've grown to love it and still watch it. But I think it's one of those games that we, if you're watching on TV or for so many people that don't pay attention to it, when you're rinkside and get a chance to actually see the talent of these guys and what they're doing. Yeah, the speed of it the all. The speed, yeah. the physicality, yeah. the fact that they're on skates they're d- <laughs> yeah. with, with the, d- the things they're doing with the puck, with the stick, <laughs> like just the whole the, the the whole thing of it. And maybe because I never played hockey or that wasn't um, a part of my wheelhouse of sports I played <laughs> growing up. But but that, that really is, to me, that's something that everyone should go do is go to a hockey game. How did but, you get into the analyst role? Like, was that your goal? Um, I actually started, um, I had no intentions of getting into television, actually. So I was in, I was in grad school. I was finishing grad school my fifth year um, while I was at DePaul, and I was getting my master's in corporate and multicultural communications. So I was going to do something with, with speaking and speech writing. And, oh, okay. But television was not uh, at all on on my on my brain of what I want to do with my career and um during that time I started just being a production runner for ESPN's Big Ten football game because I was in Chicago all the areas were close by thought it would be fun and all of a sudden I sat in a production truck and watched how a game was produced I was like this is it like I want to do <laughs> I want to do this if you can get this adrenaline rush and see I was gonna say what yeah was, what was the draw just it, the the adrenaline, the adrenaline yeah. rush, and there was there was the live nature to it of, you know, success or failure, similar to yeah. when you're playing like that. I, it really, I was drawn to that aspect of it, and I always have had a love of sports, all sports, um, basketball being most. But so I think just those combination of things um, is what initially drew me to that. But then when I started doing some more things, my first by nature, having just played, oh, we can put you on an, as an analyst on a high school tournament or a high school game or a college women's college game uh, so my start in tv actually was doing analyst work for basketball and then it it parlayed into some of the other things and you start doing other jobs um just to continue getting better and improve and and so so you started long- to fall in love with tv sports broadcasting someone came to you and said hey would you talk about would you yeah. do, uh, call call this High school game. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll give it a go. Absolutely. Wow, that's pretty And well. so one thing led to another, and then I was working in Chicago, but then um, the opportunity with Brooklyn, it th- that kind of returned me to my core of, like, I just miss the NBA. And when all is said and done, like, the NBA was was um, my, my greatest love of what I was doing, so I wanted to get back to that. And, um, yeah, and the analyst job, I mean, it was a, a scheduling quirk, and I had been sideline reporting for the team, and um, – the producer I mentioned, Frank DeGrace, and my boss, John Filippelli, and um, some others were like, Sarah, do you th- we, we, do we talk to you, we know you, we know your prep, we know how you, do you think you'd be able to do this, and, and um, it was just to fill in for one game. However, um, yeah, it went, it went well. And, and, and you became the first, the first full-time female color commentator. Stephanie Reddy had 
had done part. She was part time, right? Was that right? She was doing it with Del Curry. Yeah, she was. Yeah, uh, she was yeah. A for, for a team. There's a lot yeah. of team. Yeah. There's there's a, sorry, just just like yeah. There's, there's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of you know stats. A lot of records get thrown out there every single night. There's you're the first female solo analyst. Period in the NBA solo analyst Stephanie Reddy was part of three three person booth. Carol Lawson now does it with the the Wizards as well, but. It was a what? few weeks after, I think, that you you were for three weeks. You were the no, lone nonetheless, person. Nonetheless, what there. what I love now is that there, it, there's a lot more of it, and it's not, and whether it's in the studio or whether it's on games or we see we, with so many different organizations yeah. or or obviously on the national level or um, you know you, you can go on and on. But now I think it's um, it's it's becoming more of a regularity, and it's not something that people necessarily turn their heads about as yeah, much. I, like oh my gosh there's a woman doing yeah. this job and so that like that's that's what i think is is the best i think you're point. right i think mean, that was just a perfect example we didn't bring it up until what 40 minutes in here right and, and i think that's had, I only that's the hope yeah you know that's yeah. that's the goal do you remember your first game with iron and and you know those first couple of games i guess because even though you were experienced and you'd done plenty of it at a, at a, a lower level it must have been still pretty nerve-wracking going into an oh, NBA. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially with someone, um, the thing with, with Ian, he is a dear friend. Um, I consider him family. And I had, of course, the utmost respect for him as a broadcaster. So on that same token, you're like, I... I want to be good enough because I'm sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to earn the seat and deserve the opportunity to actually sit here with you and, and call this game. And, and so that I t- for as for as much as you want to be good for the viewers or you want to, you know, set for the broadcaster in general, For like to me, it was like, I just want to make sure um, I do enough for the people that I respect so much that gave me this opportunity, you know, my producer, whether it was I and you name it. And so. I remember before my very first broadcast with him was in Philadelphia. Um, it was a net 76ers game. And he's like, he's like, I don't want you to think about anything. I don't want you to worry or concern. He's like, let's just sit here like we're sitting on the couch and watching a game and just talk and tell me what you see and we're going to go about this. He's like, you, you know the routine, you know, but just, he's like, don't think about anything other than like you're sitting with your friend and, and what do you see and let's just talk about mm-hmm. the game. And he and it was amazing because for as nerve wracking as it is or the things you think about, um, really getting an opportunity to work alongside of him. Um, as soon as the ball tipped and as soon as you get going, it really I was at such a just comfort level because I'm like you know you know you can't fail when you're sitting next yeah. to him you know when you when, <laughs> when when you're with the best of the best. Um, it's a good parachute for sure. You yeah. know it's, yeah. it's it, you just and it's that security blanket, it's that safety net. Um, yeah, but I think it's still the same thing that motivates you and drives you because it's like you got to make sure every you earn this every single day if you're going to have the opportunity to work with such tremendous people. Um, so, yeah, I just can't say enough good things I, about him. Has oh. he ever caught you off guard with his sarcasm? Because yeah. there were so yeah. many moments with, like, him and Fratello where they would be just, you know, zinging each other back and forth, and people are like, these guys hate each other. Yes. But, no, they're friends. Yeah. So I'm sure the same has and happened that's with a, you. And he's so funny. More so, I get caught of my – hand on the cough button like keeled over in laughter <laughs> and cra- that I can't speak because he he really is just one of the funniest people um but yeah but I think that's the 
as you guys all know, because you hear, this is why people love, love, love listening to you. When you have friendships that are real, when it's genuine, you can make fun of each other. You could joke with each other or you could say or do things um, because you, you know one another so well. Yeah, you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, too, that goes back to just the preparation with all. Th- he knows he could throw anything at me and that I will know what's good, whether it's across the league, whether it's right. with the team, whatever, and same with him. Um, so there's there's that sense of just knowing that whatever I put at you, the only thing I never have any clue about <laughs> is all of his television and movie references. Because <laughs> oh, right. I'm not, right so, I head? grew up, I never watched it. Like, I think when I was a kid, we were always outside playing. I never, even now, don't really watch a lot of TV, and he is like the king of television references. <laughs> and he will make a funny, funny line after funny line that everyone gets, whether it's Seinfeld, like you name it. And he always looks, and so now it's it's become a joke that. Do you ever do so, the fake laugh? Like you're, oh, yeah, I yeah. always do. Yeah. I'm like, I know that I know that Good was one. something, and I know it was funny. I just have no idea what it's from. That's incredible. I, I, I liked how you sort of said when you do the broadcast, you want to like get it into, you're just like as if you were sitting at, at home watching the game with a friend um, and you're just, you know, you're just talking about the game. And I always like, like to watch sometimes the broadcast booths and see their body language. And because you're doing a television product and TV can be pretty, you know, um, what would be the word for it? Like fake in a weird way at times. Television can. But you see them and like they got their arms on the back of the chair and like they li- like broadcast duos or you know trios like they'll just turn to each other talking and you're to sitting each and other. talking yeah well you ask about rich this is what i always tease richard jefferson about because we so we'll do a three-man booth and i'm in the middle of him and Ian. and god bless richard he like he he emanates so much heat <laughs> like he's so sw- uh, he, he's sweaty and has so much so like i'm s- sweating so i always and he just kind of hangs on right. you and he's all up in your face and he's talking to you and saying things and he's hitting you and so after the fr- i'm like at some point i was like you gotta give a little space here he's like but we're just in this we're doing it i'm like no like stop so i always tease him i'm like your body heat is just it's, it's too much for a game physicality physicality extends yeah. to the uh commentary booth. Yeah, i'm like yeah. we need to get you like a uniform yeah, just to yeah. put on rather than the suit because it's not helping what what is in your opinion the most difficult thing about you know, being a color commentator, an analyst. Being concise. Yeah. Um, getting in the things you see in in a manner that's digestible and understandable and um, it, appropriate timing. And I think, and this is, I'm still, I've got so much more to improve on and um, just things that I work on. There's so much that I, I continue trying to work on, but I think you see so much through a game and it's the timing of how do I fit it in and, and whether, oh, there's a timeout or oh, a break or oh, we're going to run a promo or this they're, they're going back up the other and then the moment passes yeah. and it's not applicable. Um, so I think there is just figuring out so many moments within a game um, of how you get in the point you're trying to get in at the right timing. Um where you're saying it in a manner that's that viewers can understand and quickly get to and i think that's um that continues to be something i think about because two there could be you know three or four possessions where you're seeing something or there's something really hey got something really good and it just (laughs) and it it just doesn't it doesn't Mm -hmm. fit in or it doesn't work or you wait for um 
you know, and you always want Ian, um, or Ryan Rucco when it's to be able to make their calls or make calls. So, um, I think it's just the nuance of that or the balance of that. The flow. Yeah, yeah. the flow, and it's it's important. Yeah. yeah. How just, about in a blowout? I like, do you have a, like a well of stories? Just like if this if this goes south, yeah. I got a good one for us. <laughs> this, is, this is why Ian Eagle is yeah. the king because yeah. he could just make jokes and we. Uh, but no, I think you do. Um, I think with blowouts, it's also in. And I say this with a ton of love. Um, in in the first season that I was calling games, there mm. was um, there was a handful of losses, and <laughs> there were some blowouts. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you, you're walking the fine line of um, figuring out how to appropriately uh, say things or talk about things. And so, yeah, I think it's just it. That's where you really rely on the the. the back preparation of knowing stories or knowing guys or even and even if it's opponent like we know in this league there's so many great stories of these individuals of what they've done to get to the point where they're at or whether it's their backgrounds or the coaches or coaching staff so I think there's so much good knowledge that you have um with the NBA and sometimes if it's if it's the side of whatever team you're calling it's it's you could at least laugh and joke and <laughs> sure. yeah. you know tell some fun stuff but have fun with yeah. with that that extra time you have i think it, it becomes tough when when you're down the team's 30, dead, so you yeah. gotta you gotta keep it straight yeah. and then what are you telling great you, pass yeah you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of walking those lines um but no but i think it, the give and take of that is it gives you a good opportunity to to get in some stuff you may not in a lot of tight games who are, who are your favorites your heroes in like sort of the broadcasting world <sighs> i i think naturally um thinking about the position i'm in i think of like ann myers drysdale and doris burke um by nature those are the ones um that really pop out i i think even some of the others you know i look at the ones i work with you know with ian eagle um and ryan rugo and just seeing how they go about their business i've always respected so much like i i too though think about whether it's it's the guy like Grant Hill is someone who I always have appreciated his approach or how he looks at things. Um, you know, Steve Smith is is a favorite of mine um, on how he breaks things down or his approach to the game. I think Hubie Brown was someone that I always um, I just and even now to this day love love listening to um, just his coach's approach right. of, of breaking down every play. That obviously with preparation, the work that he does. Um, my list can go on and on. Yeah. I feel like, well, but you, but you but, listen to these other broadcast booths, and I'm sure you say you must be listening and going, "Oh, that's an interesting way to tackle it," or oh, or like how they, yeah, yeah, or just how you say things. And I also, um, I'm someone who, and, and I know we joked about that. I, I'm not, um, I'm not a real hot take. Per, like I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to go at people. I'm not, I'm, hmm. I'm not someone that necessarily um, is going to take a hard stance approach on, but like, I, I appreciate the guys who are a little more t- like you listen to Chris Webber, you listen to Reggie, or you listen to guys who, who had been there and been in those shoes and played in that they can throw a little more fire at things. So I, th- I think in all regards, uh, I just have a ton of respect for just the difference, um, that everyone brings to the table. And I think when people are genuinely themselves, like you feel like, who they are on on television, who they are in a broadcast is very much like who they are in person. That I just always yeah. like when I meet mm-hmm. someone and I'm like, oh, that's really how they are. That's really um, a good a, a good kind of example of their personality yeah. and, and of their approach and of their perspective. It's not an act by any yeah. means. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever said something about a let's say a particular player 
and heard back from that player and like, hey, why? I, why'd you go that way with that? I haven't, and about? I think about that often. Yeah. I always think, um, I, I in I can't remember who had originally told me this, um, and I know my brain says this a lot, um, and there's others who probably take the same approach, but just don't ever say anything on a broadcast that you wouldn't say to someone's face. Yeah. Um, and I think I feel that way with, you know, a lot of the players, whether it's on the nets or an opponent, like I would say what I would say or say about a play or go back and look if they want to be like, wait, why'd you say? Yeah. I, I would feel strongly about that's how I feel. And, and I would say it to you who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, you don't like right. it. And, um, and I think Good that goes back advice. to yeah. any, anything in this business, like you need to have thick skin. You need to um, understand that you will get just as much scrutiny and criticism um, on you for your job as any, you know, anything. So um, just an understanding of that and whatever you say or comes out of your mouth, which may not always be perfect, um, be, be able to live with that and be okay with that. Well, Sarah, we'll, we'll let you get out of here. Save your voice uh, for the uh, broadcast tonight. I, I was just going to send one of you guys to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> right. I may, we no. maybe need to send all of you. Yeah. Well, we've, yeah. Five uh, man booth. I'm sure I'm that with me. We've done one game in your role in doing a, in calling a game they let us have a game at a summer league um did you enjoy it oh yeah, it was yeah, a, it was sure. a blast we had that a blast lily was working sidelines yeah. uh we had the we had the three-man booth going it was fun but it's also very very difficult it, it is it's just it's different, just it's different. It, it is it is and it's different than what you think when you're sitting just watching yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot more moving parts than, totally. than you would have Yes, to say. That, that's a good way to put it. It's like, are you talking too much? Am I not talking enough? Uh, it's, I know. it's always that. that Let balance. it breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say something. I'm but it was you. a blast. That's why we do podcasts. We just talk, <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Uh, can we have a few rapid fire questions for you yes. before you go? Yeah. Uh, your must have travel item coconut oil. Mm. Oh, <laughs> my wife is going to love to hear that. <laughs> she loves coconut oil. That I, I can't live without it. Okay, next one. Do, did you need more explanation? Should we leave <laughs> I left it. I left it up to you. Hair, you body, to, skin, okay, that's what I was curious. Are we cooking? Are we like melting your own no. coconut oil and frying no, something no, no. up? No, no, no. It's a great mo- And here's the thing. Um, <laughs> it, coconut oil. <laughs> Let's get into it. Well, I mean, I'm always preaching the benefits of apple cider vinegar. It's nice to get another natural your, it's, product in it, here. It's natural. It's great for your skin. Great to moisturize your hair. Yeah. Same thing. Um, but it's it's good warm weather. So if we're down in Miami um, and you want to get out, good for you. It helps insulate you too in cold mm. weather. So if you're in oh, Denver and you want to go out for a run, it's a yeah. So I I'm all in. I have extras too. If anyone ever needs <laughs> awesome. I'm here to so is it just pure coconut oil or is it in products? It's just no, it's uh, pure. It's okay. just straight. Good to know. Uh, you mentioned Miami. What's your favorite city to travel to? Oh, I always get asked this. And it's this is very tough because I lo- I'm I'm pretty simple, um, so there's no city I don't like going to. I enjoy them all because I appreciate the uniqueness that they all bring. Um, and I don't do a whole lot. Like I really do think about cities by like running <laughs> routes and where's the yoga studio and like you like the arena and um, what are the good restaurants. Yeah. So I, I do. I, I have an affinity for Miami just because of the sun, and it sure. gets me a little a little tan. <laughs> Get that coconut oil out. Uh, L.A. I love L.A. Big fan of Denver. San Antonio. I'm going to start listening to all these. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, oh. these are all good ones. Uh, <laughs> however, I will I will say Chicago always right. getting a chance to go back home and and growing up in Chicago and growing up with the the Bulls championship teams and and all of that. Every time I work a game and I covered 
um, so many games for for the Blackhawks and Bulls at the United States. Now going back and like sitting in the analyst chair and calling a game, and um, it's it's really special. Are you going to be going for All Star Weekend? Plans 2020 I Chicago. Don't, I actually take some time off? think I may be somewhere warm. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. We'll uh, you, see. Lo- you love Chicago. I don't know. I love February. it that much, but <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see them another time. Well, well speaking of so Chicago, craziness. I think I think you were working there when you got into the ring with Kendall Gill. Yes, former NBA player Kendall Gill, friend of the program. Uh, the question. Did you like punching his face? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> and it's and it's okay to say yes. He's, I have crushed cool these rapid fire questions. Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> long answers. So Kendall Gill and I had a. I grew up idolizing Kendall Gill, even when he was at the Hornet. What I thought we're both from the South Side of Chicago, so he um, and he's comfortable with this because he looks like he's twenty, but he's oh, a, a bit older oh, than crazy. I am. Yeah, he he is staying quite fit. He's fifty, uh, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, my it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but so then when I started working in Chicago, we, he was our Bull studio host, so got to know him. Long story short, I we ended up having a show together. Um, it was a half-hour show. It was called Mind and Body, and so it was a variety of, like, we would work out with people. We'd do different work. It, it transformed into a lot of different things. So we would work out quite a bit then together. So prior to me punching him in the face, which he was asking for um, with the boxing, he took us, it was right before that, out. He wanted to do a, a, a like power run or something. He took us out to the United Center parking lots and had us push push his, which was an SUV. I don't know, it was a Land Rover or whatever it was, but made us push push the car. And I don't know if you've ever pushed a car it's before. Yeah, so definitely. Somebody yeah. definitely and we did it on yeah. camera, and it was embarrassing for me. <sighs> and it, it was so it was like this long day. And so this was the final part of the day. And well, no. And then he was asking for it, so yeah. I mean, if he's gonna leave himself open like that, yeah, take a shot. He is he is a dear friend, and I adore Kendall. So yeah, but he he's never lived that down. I don't know if he's happy or sad about that. Uh, your one guilty pleasure? Just one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I don't. I I feel like you should be gentle with yourself. So like I I eat. Those who travel with me know. Like I really like desserts, okay. um, but I don't really feel guilty about it when I do it. Right. Nice. Um, yeah. What's your go-to dessert? You have a favorite? No, I. When we're on trips and there's a, I'm known for saying like, let's just get one of everything so we can try uh, it. We yeah. don't have to finish it. Yep. Um, yeah, like I would say, was, I don't know, Sour Patch Kids, Swedish Fish. Ooh, but again, nice oh, yeah, yeah okay, okay. but those are like, I don't know. If it makes you happy, oh, is okay, it a yeah, bad right. thing? I'm with you. You mentioned growing up uh, on the South Side with the Bulls championships. Who was your 90s Bulls role player? Like, my sister loved B.J. Armstrong. I was a big Judd Bushler fan. <laughs> Steve Lonely, Kerr was huge. Oh. Steve Kerr. Randy Brown. Oh, oh, Randy, Randy Brown. Brown. Playing the D? Uh, all of them. Yeah. Just all of them. Have you ever met Michael? Yes. But I don't think who I know better now, um, relatively speaking, is Scotty. Right. Because – in Chicago, we would play after shoot around. We would get a run in at noon, and it was when Scotty had just come back to be an ambassador, doing some more work with them. So he would play with us. So I, wow, that's to, pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was tremendous. Um, 
So no, Michael, though, I think I, I mean, I think the last time I actually met Michael was when I was maybe like in high school and <laughs> showed up at at some game or something and I said hello to him and ran away. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. But but it's 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 crazy to think about that because I assume that all teams just won champ all your favorite teams just won championships yeah, every year. Well I could actually say my team did championships. <laughs> I know, well. congrats. Congrats <laughs> to all of you. Uh, last one here. This one's for Ian. What's your favorite movie ever? <laughs> oh. I was asked this not long ago. <laughs> I have trouble with this, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this since I'm wearing my Yankees hat. Um, a Bronx Tale. Have you ever seen a Bronx Tale? Mm-hmm. From, uh, I don't know if I have. Yeah, Chad Paul and Terry. Right. What? Give me a tale, year. Yes. Like what? How old is this movie? It's very old. It's very. This old. is a uh, unlocking the car door. In the eighties. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Nineteen ninety-three. Oh. Ninety-three. So our college coach would always it's it's like a love story but okay. it's also about growing up the mobs involved like oh, there's all, all right. these things but my college coach at DePaul Doug Bruno would always make us um watch it before every season and it brought up all these like just different conversations about growing up and maturity um you talk about race you talk about um just different backgrounds demographics all there was just a whole variety of things and i probably but so whenever i think about a favorite because i have a lot of i i have movies that i appreciate i have seen movies (laughs) i'm trying to sound normal i have gone to the cinema and seen a movie flick like when's the last movie i took my i took my niece who just turned seven and her best friend uh to see Frozen 2. Okay. I did the same last thing. Last Sunday. It, it's, yeah, it's right? Not, it's not Frozen 1. <laughs> oh, I, I've never even seen Frozen oh 1. Oh, my God. I thought, you must have been even, lost. Yeah, how'd you even know it was happening? <laughs> Frozen 1 destroys Frozen 2. Oh, Wait, wow. really? Oh, yeah. See, I the the kids, what the kids are saying is that Frozen 2 is better wow. than Frozen 1. Wow. I, th- I, I think there's some recency bias with those kids. <laughs> uh, they are, they're living in the moment. Frozen 1, my God. This, it's got Frozen Two had to play off it's, all those things that happened in Frozen One. They'd start this. Like, do you want to be a or do you want to build a snowman? And then this whole new song. They had to live off the glory of Frozen One. But what would I think? You're just being nostalgic. Maybe I think it's just because everyone sings "Let It." What's the song? Yeah, let, let it, it be. Uh, let it go. Let it go. Yeah, let yeah. It go. Which isn't the best song out of them. Uh, <laughs> Tessa's love like Frozen so much. Hundred percent. Wait, you? Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Let It Go is the best song on that soundtrack. For sure. I guess. Yeah, Can but, I ask wait, what I your guys' favorite movies are? Moana. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a Disney movie. It's, it's okay uh, mine is probably is. The Godfather, the first the first Godfather. First one. Mm-hmm. Part one. I'm, wow, I'm a mob man as well. Yeah, yeah. Like part it, two, is, so. it is hard to be asked this question, Sarah. I give yeah. it, it's, There's it's so many. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> and then I feel like I need to look at a list. Right, to, yeah. Mine is rad. Which is uh, a 19- Should I know what that no, is? No, no. It'd be no. weird if you did. If Ian knows about it, maybe. Yeah, ask Ian. Yeah. Uh, 1986 BMX movie called Rad. <laughs> I I never had a BMX bike when I was a kid, but I no. think I wanted it. Yeah, and I've always talked. Did about- you skateboard? Uh, no, I didn't. But it's funny you said that. I've always have it in my head. If I if I if I don't really believe in reincarnation, but if I do come back. And I get another chance. I'm gonna like really lean into skateboarding and BMX biking <laughs> because I think if I had to do one thing over, seriously, like I'm happy with my life. I love this job, but 
wow, that would have been a great, oh, great man, life, Oh, man, be able too. to grind on a half yeah. pipe. Or- I see every time I look at someone skateboarding, I'm like, don't go so fast. Oh. <laughs> what if you fall? It seems, it seems I'm like, go faster. Like go higher. <laughs> disaster. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, you got Lee's, uh, your favorite movie. Uh, Mrs. I like Doubtfire. The, I like, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is hilarious. It's oh, great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have seen that and I love that. You're kindred spirits, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Because I wasn't a big Robin Williams fan in the sort of 80s, early 90s. And then I went to Mrs. Doubtfire with some friends and I laughed and laughed and laughed. It was hilarious. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. And it was that. on Delta for like two years and then they dropped it and then it came back. And so I watched it again. It's just, it's just hysterical. Robin Williams is unbelievable. You watch it every time you take a Delta flight. Yes. If you well, yeah. I mean, not every time, but you know. Pretty frequently. A lot of times. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think I also had a bit of a crush on Sally Field from the uh, from the eighties movies. Jaddy, what were those? Uh, what was uh, the uh, Smoking the Bandit? Yeah, Smoking the Bandit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating ending to this rapid yeah. fire. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming. We really, really appreciate. Yeah. it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Oh, Come back anytime. Careful. Hey, I will. Bring some coconut oil. February, I think, is the next time the Nets are in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. There we go. Might be cold. Might need oil up for a run. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you so much to Sarah Kustak. You can check out her work, obviously, on Nets Broadcast and a lot of other places. Make sure you check out our Sneaker Draft, our Mailbag episode coming out on Thursday, our Daily Show, of course. We will talk to you next time. You could stay.